desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unobtainium. My name is George Van. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, and I'm the guy that listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris. I'm the Chinese spy balloon to your American F-22, except we haven't created an international incident yet. We have not yet, keyword there. Yet. Always, always yet. Always looking to, though. That's right. <laughs> yeah, an international incident. Well, the Coast to Coast PM is actually what started World War Three. I don't know if anybody knew this, but uh, coming back to the present to tell you this from the future. Well, luckily, we do know all about building bunkers now, so we should be good to go. We should be all right. We should be okay. Not too worried about it. Well, today, Chris, we have a special Q&A episode for the listeners. Questions and answers. So uh, this coincides very nicely with me taking a little vacay. Uh, so we're not going to be doing an episode of Coast today. We're just going to be answering the questions that y'all have sent in. But we're still going to do Tim time, right? Oh, we can't not do. You think yeah. I can leave you without Tim Banal for a week? No. no, please. Thank you. Thank you. He's the hero we need, but not the one we deserve. That's exactly correct. Well, Chris, for today's uh, Coast to Coast AM blog, questions abound as fighter jets shoot down three UFOs over North America. Oh, my uh, intro was very on topic. It was perfect. It was You did a great job there. I uh, I was very impressed. Thank you. Thank You're you. A little psychic, it's, just so, it's just all in the news. Every, it's, we're just getting absolutely pounded right now by ufos and uaps and a bunch of stuff getting shot down over american airspace well and the great thing about this three ufo number is that it was kind of four if you count the chinese satellite right yeah so we're on our fourth ufo yeah but three shot down uh like this week basically so well, i guess it's more of an ifo identified flying object identified chinese balloon <laughs> icb <laughs> icb icb so, reading from the article. In a developing story with far more questions than answers, U.S. fighter jets shot down three UFOs that had been detected over North America this past weekend, fueling all manner of speculation, including the possibility that the objects were alien in nature. The mysterious series of events reportedly began on Friday afternoon when the Pentagon announced that they had downed an unknown object spotted at an altitude of around 40,000 feet over Alaska. Paul, why do you think that the Department of Defense and the national security groups are admitting to these now? Because I imagine this has actually been happening for years, if not a decade or two. So I think part of why they're admitting to it is because we're actively shooting them down. And I think right. it's going to be noticed. You know, even in remote areas, you're going to see jets flying overhead and maybe a bit of a boom. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I just I, I I don't get why all of a sudden they're opening this up. I mean, you know, I and I've seen some of the um, more conspiratorial heads claiming that it has to do with the Epstein client list that is supposed to be dropping soon. It has to do with the huge East Palestine. Ohio train derailment and you know any any kind of myriad of reasons why they would be trying to kind of you know do a sleight of hand really you know like oh there's bad information over here oh look there's UFOs there's aliens like let's look at that now I I personally don't think it has anything to do with that I I would need something something else what what Epstein client list that sounds like one of those bullshit things that is constantly floating around the internet of like, oh, this thing's going to drop. No, apparently a judge has decided to release the unredacted client list that Epstein had. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's that's actually very exciting. Well, the good news is, is that we do have a 24-hour news cycle, so I think we can fit both in. Yeah, you would think. But, I mean, they haven't really been able to fit the East Palestine train crash chemical spill in. I mean, this is a huge thing that is about to 
literally affect the lives of millions of Americans and not a whole lot's being discussed about it right now. Not a ton, but let, let's get back to the article. Let's get back to the UFOs. Though. I don't know what you're going down. I don't think this is a false flag, but whatever. Okay. At a press conference detailing the incident, White House spokesperson John F. Kirby, great name, indicated that the UFO was, quote, roughly the size of a small car. And ABC News later reported that the object was, quote, cylindrical and silverish gray. A cylinder? Why a cylinder questionable? That's a weird shape to be in the air. Dude, they, I, this is one of those things they keep on describing what they look like. They probably made a million of these things. They all have different shapes and stuff like that. I saw one that's one they just shot down was an octagon shape. It's just like, yeah, they just made like four, five, six different shapes and they're just sending them up there, dude. I'm going insane, dude. Like, can we explain the different shapes? No, there's no explanation. None needed. They just made a bunch. You just think it's random shapes, completely random. Just random shapes. They could probably change the shape of these things willy-nilly. The uh, aeronautical engineer who designed these uh, is a big Tetris fan, and there's one UFO for every shape in Tetris. Exactly. All right, so as the world was processing the strange news on Saturday and wondering what exactly had been shot down over Alaska, the unfolding drama got even weirder when it was revealed that at the behest of the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, U.S. fighter jets shot down a second object detected flying in Canadian airspace over the Yukon earlier that day. For a uh, a country that claims to hate weaponry, they sure were quick to shoot this thing down. I don't know if they claim to hate weapons. They Don't they buy guess, a lot of weapons maybe, from the U.S.? Maybe small arms, let's put it that way. They don't like their citizens having guns, but I think, you know, the, right. the, the but government... But their, their military having <laughs> weapons... Totally cool. That's totally great. Cool. That That's, helps everyone. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Well, and this is my other thing about like, you know, the U.S. government using distractions. This whenever you are looping in other leaders internationally, I feel like that kind of takes down that argument a little bit because you're getting Russia pulled into this. No way, dude. I mean, the, the, the Canadians are. I'm mean, sorry, American Canada. Light, I, so I said not, Russia. It's Canada. Yeah, not you're getting Canada pulled uh, into this. Yeah. So the Canadians are America light. That has absolutely no bearance on this argument whatsoever. But don't oh, talk shit about the Canadians, pull- Chris. We're pulling in a whole nother country, Canada. Might as well be the 52nd state behind Israel. Stop talking shit about Canada. <laughs> we have Canadian listeners and they're great. Yeah. Similar to the oddity taken out on Friday, this UFO was also described by a Canadian official as being cylindrical. The curious spate of incidents reached its current crescendo on Sunday when it came to light that there was yet another object that had been shot down that day. The third UFO was reportedly first spotted over Montana on Saturday, but then vanished from radar before being picked up again on Sunday, and the decision was made to shoot it down over Lake Huron. The object had been described as being octagonal in shape, with strings hanging off it, though it did not appear to possess any payload. Strings were hanging off of it? What was this, like a kite? I don't know. This That is the weirdest one. I was kind of imagining that it was an oct- octagonal balloon that had a little satellite, but the satellite like fell off. Like someone right. didn't attach it correctly. That's my headcanon. <laughs> it's interesting that it disappeared and then reappeared. Do you think it like landed for a while and then they juiced it back up? I just find it hard to believe that these things are able to stay up in the air for days at a time. So, uh, you know, a couple options. Number one, alien cloaking technology. That's always an okay. option. Option uh, one. Option two, it was some sort of balloon thing, and it's just really small, and we lost track Oh, there of you it. go. Right, right, right. Yeah, maybe that's what it is, is that it's just all they got to do is put, like, a little rotor on it to kind of make it go a little bit this way and a little bit that way, and then they just kind of stay up there by themselves most of the time. There's a tiny little pinwheel on the back of the balloon that just slowly blows That's exactly it. right. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. (laughs) Since all three UFOs were shot down over remote frozen locations, their debris is currently being collected for analysis in order to determine their purpose and origin. The last I heard, Paul, the octagonal uh, UFO, they still haven't found the debris. Hopefully they find it soon. Well, I mean, it was 40,000 feet up or whatever, right? It was pretty high. Do you think the uh, Chinese actually sent in a recovery team to hurry up and pick it all up? Uh, the recovery team was already here, Chris. Sleeper cells, for sure. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. 
I have watched the Americans. I know exactly how this works. That's what I'm saying. Definitely happened. As one might imagine, the uncertainty surrounding the literal UFO sparked considerable conversation over the weekend as the serialized drama unfolded. Coming quickly on the heels of the highly publicized Chinese spy balloon drama that occurred earlier this month, it has understandably been suggested that the three UFOs were similar in nature, though it would appear that the trio of objects downed this weekend were smaller, differently shaped, and flying at lower altitudes. How could anybody engineer something completely different, Paul? It's a different shape, Chris. I don't think it's possible. The Chinese can't come up with more than one shape, Paul. This has been established over a millennia of Chinese invention and technological gain. Listen, we all know that each country gets one shape. Yes, one shape for their spy balloons. China got the sphere, right? America got a square. That's how this works. Okay. Who got the octagon? That's actually the Canadians. Uh, that's that's it was the Canadians. And for we sure. just shot down Canadian arms, dude. What if this was all Canada just staging an incursion? Like they were sending their own spy balloons over the border to prepare to invade. And then Trudeau had to be like, we don't know where this is coming from. America, shoot it down, please. I've been listening to a lot of JC, so the Art Bell fans will uh will know what I'm talking about there, but he talks a lot about canada invading the united states yes we're gonna cover them at some point we've got a lot of requests for jc so we're gonna get there what does seem to be the case is that the earlier incident caused norad to change their tactics as dod official melissa dalton explained at a sunday evening press conference that quote we have been more closely scrutinizing our airspace at these altitudes including enhancing our radar which may at least partly explain the increase in objects that we've been detecting over the past few weeks Paul, for whatever reason, that made me think of in Spaceballs where they decide to jam the radar (laughs) using strawberry preserves. Yeah, yeah. Must be Lone Star. Um, The other thing it made me think of was Spinal Tap where NORAD just turned up their radar to 11. It just wasn't high enough. There was a little knob. (laughs) So I'm just turning the knob. What if we turn it up to 11 and then there's just like our whole sky space is just covered in these spy craft. Just all balloons. No one bothered <laughs> yeah. to look. Yeah. They're everywhere. I can almost guarantee that's what's been happening, though, is that just no one bothered to look. Right. For any of this. And they've just yeah. been up there for years, probably. I'm going to let you finish, but uh, I'll, I'll say what my actual theory is at the end of this article. Okay. Of course, reports of UFOs being shot down out of the sky over North America led many people to raise the possibility that the objects were extraterrestrial and social media was ablaze all weekend with serious theorizing and amusing perspectives on what may have been a very unfortunate form of first contact. The proverbial ET hypothesis was even raised at Sunday's press conference. And when asked if the objects could be alien, General Glenn D. Han- Van Herc, I think that's how you say that, raised eyebrows by replying that, quote, I haven't ruled out anything at this point. That feels a little big to me. That dude, I freaking hate when the military does that crap. That's so stupid. He's not ruling it out. It could be ETs. Uh, we're not ruling anything out, including that this is some kind of extra dimensional, extra planetary creature visiting our airspace, and we just shot it down. Well, yeah, that's what we would need to do, right? We just exploded the crap out of it, causing an intergalactic incident, killing multiple alien creatures. What if that is what happened? Shut the hell up, military. What if that is what happened? That is not what happened. Well, and here's the thing, Chris. You're right. That is definitely not what happened. It wouldn't have had aliens on it. It would have been a drone. Dude, if there were aliens on this thing, we would have actually never heard about it. It was a drill. There, there would be no explanation from the military. The MSNBC, CNN, Fox News would not be covering it like they are if these things were actually extraterrestrial. I don't know, unless we just don't don't know what they are, Chris. It's just a mystery. No, we know exactly what they are, or at least some people know what they are, which is a why they're allowing them to report like this upon it. All right. All right, Mr. Conspiracy Theorist. Just ruining everyone's alien fun. That's what you're doing today. 
Back to the article. That said, it would seem that the general consensus within the government at this time is that the objects are of a terrestrial origin. What happens next, is anyone's guess, is the events of the last few days may wind up being a brief blip in the news cycle. Should nothing further happen over the next few days, or this may be the start of such highly publicized shootdowns of unknown objects becoming a regular occurrence. To that end, China has already reportedly asserted that the United States has sent several spy balloons over their country since last year, and that they were actually poised to shoot down one that had recently been detected. With that in mind, one imagines that these incidents are likely to continue for a while with the worrisome possibility that if aliens really are visiting us, they could get caught in the crossfire. We would have actually started a war if China shot down one of our balloons. I don't know if we would have. I think we may have. I don't think we would have. It would have escalated for sure. I don't think we would have gone to war with China over with a nuclear power over a balloon. Absolutely. That 100% would not have happened. Golf of Tonkin, baby. Golf of Tonkin. Very different situation. Same exact <laughs> Incredibly thing. different situation. Paul, can I tell you what my theory is? Yeah. That other than the Chinese spy balloon, these last three craft that we've seen are actually come from somewhere within the deep state, like Skunk Works or something like that. But the institutions, which even at their heyday, even in the 50s and 60s, the government has been incredibly siloed, but in this current time, it's gotten incredibly worse, so much so that the the agencies within the institutions can't even think to ask, hey, is this something that we should be worried about? And now just have a hair trigger. And so, like I said, I think this is like probably skunk works or somebody like that testing new propulsion methods, testing new kind of spy craft or something like that and causing incidents because nobody knows what anybody else is doing in government. Yeah. I mean, we are incredibly siloed. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with the DOD and the Pentagon is that it is inauditable. Like they literally can't do an audit on it. They have said, right. you can't audit us because it's so big and so much money is being spent. I mean, what it's almost a trillion dollars now every year that we're spending on defense. No one knows. Right. Where the and it's going. in the last 10 years, multiples of trillions of dollars unaccounted for. Yeah. It just disappears. And we don't, we don't really know where it's going. Don't know, I, have any idea where it's going. I think the most likely thing in my opinion is that it is spy craft, but from another country. And I think that someone knows what it is, but right. I think that you're right. It is very siloed. So the general who was talking, maybe he didn't actually know. He may actually not know what this is. He probably has no idea what it is. And that's the thing is, I think most of the people in our government don't know what these are. And th there's a few people in an office in a basement somewhere that know exactly what's going on. Right, right. Some deep stage stooge deep in like Langley and the CIA knows exactly what these things are. Yeah, I, I do think if it was american that someone would have gotten an email saying please stop shooting these down or stop i guarantee you that's happening it. i guarantee you that's happening right now it could maybe we don't hear anymore i, I think we're going to see if this keeps happening that's going to put be a signal that it is for another country yeah if it doesn't happen again these were this was american technology that the air force accidentally shot down not knowing what they were because they're scared about Chinese weather balloons. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It, it should develop. Now, my hope is that it is alien drones and that the aliens do come down and tell us to stop shooting them. That would be the best. That'd be really like, cool. And you know what? Let them take over. I will take an alien overlord at this point. If they if they improve things, I, I would, you know, uh, I, I think it's not a bad idea. You know, if they have, you know, intergalactic travel I assume that they've figured out how to run society in a you know positive way where they haven't blown themselves up yet. I don't even care if it's not positive. It's better than this trash. Oh, calm down. All right. Let's get to the questions. <laughs> You're on one today, man. <laughs> I've all been right. on Twitter. I've been on Twitter all day today, dude. I got Twitter brain hard. Dude, get off Twitter. That thing melts your brain. It's a bad place. You got to do housekeeping first anyways. Oh, yeah. 
So some quick housekeeping. We have an email address. Please send your thoughts to c2cpmpod at gmail.com. It will be in the show notes. If you like the show, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. We drop every Thursday, and that'll make sure that you never miss an episode. I think that's everything this week, actually. Yep. All right, so let's jump into Q&A, Chris. So quick shout out to a couple folks who sent in questions. Dustin, Michael, Richard, Cleveland, Rocks, Mizzou, Steve, Ken, Thomas. Uh, Thank you all for sending in questions. So jumping into a couple of these here, Chris. Number one, love your show, guys, but I've been dying to ask you. So how'd you get into this? How'd you get into this? How did we get into this? (laughs) Well, I think there's, there's really two different questions that we need to unpack here how did we get into podcasting and then how did we get into talking about conspiracy and paranormal stuff specifically coast to coast am yeah yeah that's fair so i i mean i would start with i guess we actually started a podcast a few years ago was it pre-pandemic i think it might have been right before the pandemic started I think we started right before the pandemic. It was uh, the two of us and another one of our buddies, and it was essentially a political podcast. I mean, we were trying to be like dirtbag left kind of chapo trap house, but with a kind of Southern appeal. And I don't I, I had a great time doing it and learned a little bit about how to form a podcast and how to reach out to people and you know we did a lot more guest spots then which i don't think we've really figured out how to do on (laughs) this yet but be on the lookout for that eventually i think we would both really like to start having guests on and i honestly would like to be guests on other people's shows too i just i haven't had time uh to to reach out to people out and do that kind of stuff yeah Yeah. i mean this 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 legitimately has taken up a lot of our time um doing the coast to coast pm stuff but yeah paul do you have anything else you kind of want to mention about starting podcasting no i think i think that was basically yeah we we started off with more of a political show and it was a lot of fun for a while but i think in you know a post-covid world or during covid world when we were doing it it was also really draining. And yes. I think a thing that really bothers me is how politics have seeped into everything everywhere. Yes. Right. So I think it was almost like I almost wanted to have a space where we didn't have to talk about politics because it is yes. being discussed in, in every sector, right? So well, and, and and I think that was one of our big problems as well, is that the world is so saturated with mm-hmm. political podcasts and Though I think we did probably have some interesting things to say there. At the end of the day, it's been funny. I I think at the very beginning, we would have called ourselves Democrats. We were definitely Bernie bros, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of, I don't want to say apolitical because I, I still love politics. I still love reading about it, but I definitely don't have a party anymore. I'm disillusioned. Disillusioned <laughs> disillusioned, I'm disillusioned would be the best way to put that. And I think that's a great segue into why we started this podcast, right? Right. Why why Coast to Coast PM? Why did it, we yeah. decide to take it back up? Because I mean, we took what, like a year, two year hiatus from recording or doing anything? Yeah, we we spent a really long time not doing anything and we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> we were playing a lot of D D. We were playing Dungeons and Dragons. That's what we were doing. We were not like doing any podcasts we're not trying to get online politically mm-hmm. weren't really trying to engage with podcasts i mean we just took a hard break stopped completely yeah but i mean i i've always loved podcasts and i listen to a lot yes. of podcasts yes. but i also stopped listening to political podcasts i think really yeah i got so tired of it um there are a few that i keep in a rotation now but i don't listen to it like i used to but that's really why it came about for me with coast to coast pm because coast to coast am was my form of escapism right yeah you got really into coast to coast am over the pandemic right yeah and i think it had to do a lot with like anxiety and depression and it just being something that had nothing to do with anything you know it's just like i can listen to some shit about aliens or people psychically 
contacting the Akashic records and learning about everything of how their life is going to play out and just like nonsense, stuff like that. And it was, you know, I, I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, and I just started like binging it really hard. I'd always been aware of it. I always kind of listened to it, but that was when I got like really into coast uh, more. So well, it really is an excellent form of escapism. Mm-hmm. I mean, to sit there and talk about these mystical, paranormal, conspiratorial worlds, flat earth hollow earth aliens on different planets i mean you can just kind of detach yourself from reality and just kind of be swept away by the narrative which i think you know we always talk about the lore Mm -hmm. right but i think that is such an that's such an important part for me is storytelling and what these store what these conspiracy and paranormal stories say about the human experience yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, it was like the um, the bunker episode that we did, I felt like really talked a lot about what the human experience was. And even some of the alien stuff, too. I think right. it says a lot about where our society is and these like weird forms of escapism where people just want someone to come in and fix it. Right. Right. Because everything feels like it's so messed up. But that's that's where, you know, I thought it would be a really funny idea if we started doing a show just about this stuff, because, it, you know, as I started listening like nightly, right, which I hadn't really listened nightly before, I was like, man, this would make such a great show just talking about this and discussing how, all these different topics. How did you just stumble on Coast to Coast AM? Well, I've I've always known about it. Um, it's something that I've I've listened to before, but um, you know, I got really into it during the pandemic. So it was, you know, I've been do aware you remember, of it. For a long time. Do you remember specifically what it was? I don't. I think you know, we always watched all that crazy stuff growing up on Discovery about like ancient aliens and stuff like that. Yeah, so I, think I loved that was our probably, ancient aliens, loved yeah. our Nazi conspiracies, the Nazi bell and all that grades. What was that? Uh, dear, dear Glockenspiel or whatever. Yeah. Oh, um, that stuff. You know what got me back into it, though, was I also really like last podcast on the left and they reference okay. it a lot. Okay. So okay. post college, I think that was what got me back into listening to it was they would always bring it up. And I'm like, oh, that's a really great place to go for these crazy, crazy alien things. Yeah, to get the direct feed mm-hmm. and not kind of what we've done, right? A synthesis of it, right? You're going directly to the source of paranormal and conspiracy. Yeah. And also what what I've kind of done with, you know, choosing which topics we're covering is I cut out a lot of the political stuff because I don't really want to cover it. I feel like enough people cover or like debunk con- political conspiracy theories. Like, right. I don't really want that to be what the show is. And yeah. I also like the idea of the show being more apolitical because I don't right. really care what your belief system is. It's fun to talk about the paranormal and stuff, man. Yeah. And like, it's fun to talk about JFK assassination conspiracy theories. Like right. everyone can get on board for that. Maybe that's where yeah. we can all come together. Everyone know? loves that. Yeah. Well, and and it's one of those funny things. It's a little horseshoe theory in that the poles are starting to connect somewhat. Yeah. And that you got people on the left who hate the deep state and you have people on the right who hate the deep state. You have people on the left who are becoming incredibly spiritual. You have people on the right who are becoming incredibly spiritual. You know, those they look different, right? You know, the the intricacies of what is happening there can change a little bit but there's a whole lot of similarities happening to the 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 edges of our political spectrum and that's really fascinating and i feel like we have a pretty good political range of people who reach out to us i mean from literally all over the world yeah that's very true which is something i'm kind of proud of actually i think that's a really cool thing that that we've yeah. been able to have a show that can you know be engaged by a lot of different types of folks and that's why art bell was so great honestly right is because he had people from all over the political spectrum didn't really matter he had everyone from evangelical christians to wiccans who would call in right and i think that was a really great thing that he did and yeah i'm not going to compare to art bell but like i hope that we can capture like a tiny little bit of that sometimes you know what happens in the conspiracy world do you think that makes it take a right word turn well i think it's i think it's happening on both sides of the aisle 
but I think it's just it goes back to the culture war needing to be seeped into everything. I would I, I would doing. agree with you now. I would yeah. agree with you in the last few years, but there throughout like nineties, two thousands, maybe even twenty tens, like you are a right wing person if you believe in conspiracies. There was like a a, a minor nine eleven moment with nine eleven truthers that I think may have been left-leaning to start with. Yeah. And I think over time has been usurped by more conservative politics. But, I mean, they used it against Trump, right? I mean, this this is alt-right stuff was conspiracies until, I think, within the last couple of years, post-COVID, maybe. Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing is that conspiracies used to be a lot more apolitical, you know, talking about Bigfoot or talking about the JFK assassination. I don't think that was necessarily a right or left thing. Right. You had left wing people who talk about it. And then you had, you know, Bill Cooper, behold, the pale horse talking about it. Right. So. Right. And he was like basically militia movement. Yeah. Right. Um, So I I don't know exactly what it was. I think it might have just been the disillusionment with the conservative movement happened earlier. And then that's when people started falling into that. Um, And I think it took a a little longer for the left to get get disillusioned. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And now you have a mass of people who are disillusioned and don't trust anything. Mm -hmm. The media tells us. The government tells us. Everyone's lying to us. I've seen more the Super Bowl is fake memes than I've ever seen in my whole entire life. I haven't seen that, dude. I need to. I'm not online enough. That's really funny, actually. Uh, unbelievable, dude. I just got absolutely smashed in the face with it this morning. And I was like, you know, you've always heard that sports are fake somehow, right? They're rigged, whatever it is. But this is really the first time that I saw a mass of people saying, like, it's all rigged. Who cares? I'm not following sports ever again. That's super funny. Well, Chris, let's get to the next question. So we actually have a lot let's of these to get through. Um, so one of our questions, I've always been curious to know if ghosts have ever helped people. For example, forewarned a woman that her date is a serial killer or stopped a house break in by attacking the robbers. We've kind of talked about this a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, we don't have any direct evidence that these ghosts are helping people, but we've heard several stories now on some of our spooktacular spooktober episodes of ghosts and spirits in areas that have been a lot of deaths or in kind of dangerous areas protecting a human. Now they feel like they're getting scared, right? But I wouldn't know how many ways a ghost would be able to make itself known that weren't horrifying to make you stop immediately. Yeah, like, is there a way a ghost could pop up casually and you feel like, oh, that's nice. Thank you for giving me a heads up. Well, because one of the examples that we kind of added the lore in, but there was a guy who was driving down a road in California that was really dangerous. And then he right. saw like a ghost and then turned around and went back to his, I think it was his mom's house. That was on, I believe that yeah. was our ghost to ghost episode. But that one to me may have been a situation where a ghost helped someone out. The Christmas one, I think we might have actually cut this out of the episode we didn't get a chance to get to it but there was a story about a woman who had this dog just show up on christmas eve and it like came into her house and like laid in the bed with her and she was alone on christmas and she was like really depressed about it and this dog just shows up and then she's like okay i'm gonna have to take it and like get it checked by a vet to see if it has you know one of those um uh, id like, collars inside whatever yeah tracking, one of those little tags are. devices yeah yeah, and then she lets it out um, to go to the bathroom and just, like, runs away and she never saw it again. So in her mind, that was some sort of, like, spirit that was comforting her on Christmas because she was alone. And I really like that idea Yeah, that there is something out there that can either protect you from danger or something that will just, like, help you out if you're having a hard time. Well, and again, we kind of discussed this with, um, I think it was High Strangeness in the Mojave Desert and maybe Skywalker Ranch, where there may be kind of these spots on earth that for whatever reason have this weird energy to them. And that energy can be manipulated somewhat by ourselves, by the environment around them. And I don't know, maybe if you're depressed, the the energy can kind of be like, let's try to make this thing not so depressed, right? This thing is, revving on low frequencies let's try to try to boost those frequencies a bit 
Yeah, that's that's true. And I mean, on Skinwalker, actually, Chris, we haven't talked about this yet, but there's this guy at the New York Post named uh, Stephen Greenstreet, who did a gigantic takedown of Skinwalker Ranch that I think we may need to cover. Folks are interested. Uh, it was it was brutal. He was it went, brutal. He went to the ranch and met with, um, you know, all the people who are working there now and doing their experiments for the Discovery Channel show. And it uh -huh. was it was pretty brutal. It oh hurt me a God. little bit. And you said it was the New York Post? It was the New York Post, yeah. Hard-hitting journalism out of the Post, dude. The world's oldest newspaper. Yeah, it's called The Basement Office, and they do a lot of or paranormal debunking and stuff. World's longest continuing newspaper, something like that. Or the mm -hmm. U.S.'s longest continuing newspaper. I don't remember what the actual nomenclature is. Right next to Gawker, which is the world's most shut-down newspaper. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I, I think that's a yes. I think I think we both would be on on board with that. As absolutely a believe that it is a possibility if ghosts exist, if spirits exist, if Earth energy locational paradoxes exist. Yeah, they might be able to help us a little bit. So uh, we got a couple other questions specifically about social media on how to find us on Reddit and Twitter. Uh, Chris, you're in charge of both of those. So do you want to cover that one? Coast to coast PM, baby. I tried to make it as easy <laughs> as possible for you. I think the Twitter handle is actually C2C PM pod. That's what you, but if you look up coast to coast PM, we will be one of the first people to find on Twitter. Same thing with Reddit. We now have our own subreddit. I have been posting episodes. You can find all the Tim Banal um, articles we covered. Um, you can also find those on the show notes, but I've started keeping a repository for some reason. I don't know. I, I haven't really uh, asked myself why I decided to do that, but I'm doing it and I'm tracking every single article we have done on every single episode. Um, so again, that is Coast to Coast PM. You can find that on as a its own subreddit. I have it closed off right now, just or not closed, but you have to. You got to ask permission to post. Um, I'm pretty much going to allow everyone to post here pretty soon if it looks like we start getting some real numbers going. Yeah, I think this is also a great time to mention uh, our new Patreon, Chris. Patreon! We you are starting a Patreon. A uh, big part of why we're doing this is because we now have ads on the show. Yes. You may or may not get ads depending on your region, I think is how it works. I don't really, we don't know what we're doing. We haven't figured honest. out how the ads work. I've reached out to <laughs> Podbean. Podbean, if you hear this, actually super unhelpful. <laughs> I was like, I'm making money for you. Help me out a little bit more than this. It's not a very user-friendly way of, I mean, we just have like pages and pages of ad buys and we'll see like one person listen to that ad. Yeah. So, and it's, it's different across the country. Everyone seems to be getting different stuff at different times or points. So we don't really know how that works, but if you want ad-free versions of the podcast, you can get that on Patreon. Uh, that's also where we're going to be taking episode requests from now on too. Uh, we we got too many episode requests in the email. So now we're just going to limit it only to Patreon. So I think it's gonna be like two $2 a month and yeah. you can request as many episodes as you want, send in whatever you'd like to send in. Uh, then you also get those ad-free episodes. That's right. And we'll probably eventually start doing something like office hours where we'll meet up every other week for a couple hours or something like that on zoom or maybe, I know Reddit has um, Reddit rooms, subreddit rooms, and so maybe we'll we'll do some stuff on there, and those will be for patrons only. Yeah, and if you have any ideas of what you think would be cool to do on the Patreon too that that you've enjoyed with other shows, let us know. Once again, yeah, don't know what we're doing, us, please. Yes, yeah. yeah, so just feedback. Yeah. We want to hear from you. We're learning. I mean, we really yeah. are. This this has been um, we we. Funnily enough, we did our political podcast longer, but we've got we've had so much more success with this podcast with Coast to Coast PM that we've been forced to learn <laughs> a lot very quickly because we've never had so many listeners. Yeah. So thanks for sticking with us, guys. I mean, it really does mean a lot. I mean, every day when I look how many people have listened to an episode. I'm just like, it, it, 
it does warm the heart and it does make me feel good. So thank you all for, for tuning in every week. And I think that's one of the cool things too, is, you know, I, there, there definitely wasn't anything like this, you know, um, that, that anyone was doing. So I think, I think that's just like kind of a fun thing that we found. And we found a lot of people who are really into, uh, either old coast or new coast. And I think that's been a really enjoyable experience, just the, the amount of people and the different people that have been listening and reached out. So keep reaching out. We love it. We want to, we want to get, we want to hear from you for sure. Yes, absolutely. All right. So next question. Um, I had a rough time mentally this fall and discovered that someone uploaded a lot of arts episodes of C2C on Spotify and would listen to them for 10 hours a day. Do either of you enjoy post art C2C? Um, first off, totally get this question because that's really how i got hardcore into coast was binging the crap out of it when i was not feeling good mentally uh, i was gonna helps. say did you write that from the <laughs> past or something is that like a future post to us maybe that's that's time traveler me i don't i don't really yeah know, you but... travel you, you met up with mike markham in hawaii <laughs> and uh sent us a little note yeah but uh i mean personally i really do like um post c to c I'm sorry, post art coast to coast. Uh, I listen to it all the time, you know, not necessarily daily, but probably every other day I'm, I'm putting that on. And then also listening to a lot of old, the old, old art stuff. But I think, like I'd said before, my biggest issue with it is that it just is annoyingly political sometimes. And I just wish that they would be more like the old art bell that kind of cut a lot of that stuff out. What, what, what? <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to understand what it was that made George go political. Was he somewhat of a political beast in his early days? Not really. I mean, and it was, was he like it a political commentator. I mean, I just, I don't understand why, why go political. I think it just happened with a lot of the folks in the conspiracy and paranormal world that they started getting more political as America became to get, became more divided and right. George just went with it. I think that yeah. he wasn't art and he had to kind of find his own way. And right. for him, it was let's pull in some more political commentary or let's pull right. in more like political type conspiracy theories that wasn't necessarily being covered before. The wicked money dries up quick. It does. It does. You got to watch out. Like, for if money. you really want money dude political action committees are where to get serious money and the left just wasn't giving out money like they you know to willy-nilly like they are today right and so if you needed to go somewhere to get a a political idea out coast to coast am pretty good spot yeah and i think the other thing too that's why art when he came back on air during like midnight, the desert um, and dark matter. One of the things that he was actually talking about in the press was how he didn't like George Norrie's version of coast and that right. it had gotten too political and that he was basically just hawking supplements half the time. Right. Um, the Alex Jones media. Yeah. Right? That's how Alex Jones was able to survive. So long was hawking supplements. Yeah. It's kept him alive all these years. Right. Um, right. And I, I think George does a bit of that. The funny thing is now, I mean, he does still do supplements. He does, um, you know, storable foods. And then he also has his para paranormaldate.com. Yes, paranormal date. We have not talked about paranormal date enough. I need to pull in the commercials because they are awesome. They are so funny. I love them. And they yeah. also have them for seniors. So if you're older and are looking for a paranormal date, you can find those too. You know, whatever you want, man. Yeah. Why not? Everybody got a date. <laughs> so, yeah, still still definitely listen to uh, to the newer C2C. But, yeah, art just has a special place, I think, in everyone's heart. He just, I mean, he, legitimately, he's just a great interviewer. And so if you're a good interviewer, if you're a, art listened, right? <laughs> and I think that's George's <laughs> biggest problem especially these days yeah george doesn't listen yeah connie well, willis doesn't really listen right yeah. george knapp listens yeah yeah well and here's the thing about that if you listen to like the early 2000s nori 
he's much sharper. He's much more on the ball. He's he yeah. asks a lot better questions and he's a lot more probing. I think as he's gotten older, it's both a, a product of his age. You know, he's got a little bit of a Joe Biden in him uh, where he's right. like a little confused sometimes yeah. about what's happening. Absolutely. And I think he also got too comfortable where he just shows up every day and cashes the check and doesn't really care. Right. Yeah. And that's such a good way to do it. You know, there's that thing about the starving artist, right? The best art comes from the starving artist because they're actually having to live their lives. Mm -hmm. Once you get famous, once you get rich, once you can feed yourself and buy all the toys you want, the, the art starts to dry up. Yeah, and then you start doing luncheons in uh like Sonoma for four hundred bucks a head. You know what I mean? To meet right, exactly. Jory. That's the kind of stuff. That yeah, exactly. Now. Yeah, you start sniffing your own farts. So, uh, yeah. Uh, next question: uh, If you could switch with any coast guest for a day, who would it be, and why? You know, I would probably say I would want to be somebody like David Weiss, who was our um the key figure and are the intellectual narcissism of flat earth theory um, <laughs> yeah um, i would want to be somebody like that because i would hope i would gain a better understanding of the world that this person sees like look through their eyes listen to the people that they listen to run in the circles they run into just to get a sense of it because like at this point in my life, it's just so hard for me to even attempt to penetrate that world. Like I'll do like just a, I'll see like one flat earth post and I'll be like, this is stupid. <laughs> I don't want to know anything else about this. And I would rather be able to go into that world kind of free and open and believing it so that I can get a better sense of it. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Um, who would you pick, Paul? So I, I, I have two different answers. Honestly, I think one is Cyrus Parsa from our AI and Aliens episode. Same reason, right? Same. That man is has so much hubris. Honestly, yes. I wish that I could spend one day feeling that positive about myself. I have the best search engine that even the Google and the military doesn't have. It's impressive how good he feels about himself, both in terms of his martial arts abilities. Yes. Psychic abilities. Yes. And his coding abilities. The That's right. He is the only psychic that got it right out of all of the deep state psychics. Exactly. And also, he sends one tweet to Donald Trump about disclosure, and then Donald Trump puts it in a bill. Like, yeah. he thinks that he caused that. Yes. Well, the he of the amount of narcissism one has to have to think like he does is shocking. And I just want to be that for like a day. Just um, pure narcissism for one day. The the other guest that I would be is honestly like most of Ian Punnett's guests. He has a lot of historians on like Bart right. um, or um, he had a oh, what was his name? Uh, he had Miles Harvey on who wrote a book about the Mormon King of Michigan, like a lot of cool historians and journalists. Right. That was something I always wish that I could do was be uh, more of an academic and just spend all of my time focusing on like one hyper weird topic. Right. Uh, so I think that would be in terms of like a life that I want to live, that would probably be the life that I want to live. Yeah, dude. Ian, Ian Punnett is definitely one of the higher caliber hosts and it's, it's it's definitely has something to do with the guests that he invites on for his segments because this is what I you know I feel like I say this all the time but like conspiracy is true sometimes and I want to know what those true conspiracies were like I always say this the most important episode that we have ever done was the Dr. Delirium episode I had never I didn't know anything about it. I I pride myself on being a government conspiracy head of knowing about the intricacies of the deep state and their history. And I always am able to find something new that I didn't have anything any foreknowledge about. And something this big, BZ, a drug that causes you to hallucinate your worst fears. <laughs> 
and not just for 30 minutes, for days on end. And so that those stories are the ones that I think need to be told. And if we have guests, I hope that those are the people that we are able to get is the people telling us what has actually happened. What are these crazy stories we're not being told for whatever reason? Government cover up, limited hangout, you know, honey pot, whatever you want to call it. We don't know some of these stories. They didn't teach us about BZ and Dr. Delirium and the crazy drug experiments, MK Ultra, and all that stuff in school. Of course they wouldn't. We went to government run schools. They're going to teach us about the government doing experiments on its own citizens. They don't even really tell us about Tuskegee. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing about Ian is that a lot of times his guests are so grounded that the reason why we don't cover it a lot of times is because I don't know if we would have much to say. Cause it's like, right. yeah, that's it, true. Just that's real. Us agreeing <laughs> with it the whole time. Right. Yeah. That's why we haven't done a ton of it. It's because I just don't know how entertaining it's, it, it is, but uh, if people like the Ian episodes, we can definitely do more. Cause I love his, his shows. He yeah. does a great job. Well, maybe try to focus on stuff that most people wouldn't know. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need to do is, is more of those like Dr. Delirium shows. Yeah. yeah that's all I got to say about that. All right. Um, another question. I like to picture you guys living in adjoining geodesic domes and Chris just walks over and gets on the mic. What is the situation as far as how far apart you guys live? We're actually hundreds of miles apart. <laughs> really? We far. did this over Zoom. Yeah. Paul's in Virginia. I'm in South Carolina. We're we're I guess we're both southern. Yeah. Southeast regional. We could be further. We could be further apart. We could be further apart. This is actually, uh, we've been we've been further apart. Yeah, we have. We we've been on opposite sides of uh, the country right. before. That's I've been right. in California, and you've been on the East Coast, and I was in DC. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So, so we're that's how we keep in touch. Honestly, is the show <laughs> the show Zoom texting typically yeah. about this show uh, and preparing for next shows. Yeah. Um, is typically, but I do love the conjoining cube domes. Like I'm almost imagining we each have our own like biodome. Yeah. And then before I enter your biodome, I have to go through a full cleansing ritual <laughs> and you have to do the same with mine. Uh, what what I like to imagine it is, is that there's actually a connector between the two domes and that's where we record. Ooh. It's like neutral territory. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. We can only record in yeah, it's like in uh in the sci-fi shows when two uh spaceships meet up yeah. and they put the uh the little tube together, little yeah. skywalk. Or like yeah, it's the DZ of of two warring ships. Yeah, yeah. All right, another question. Uh if you could only listen to one album for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? So I'm probably going to go with the album I have listened to the most in my life. And that is the Mark, Tom and Travis show by Blink-182, their live album that came out, I think, in like 2000 or yeah. 2001. I have worn out that album. And I got it in like first grade and I've been listening to it for over 20 years now. And I still love it. I still laugh at the jokes and I can sing just about every single song. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. And I mean, I love that album because of you, because you played it so much when we were like, you know, growing up together. And and I just never stopped playing it. Yeah. <laughs> I just never stopped playing it. For me, I'm going to have a terrible take here. I don't really listen to music. You wouldn't even pick like some kind of, classical composer or something there, there's nothing some kind of like led zeppelin album you don't have one thing you know what also would be pretty high up there dude is one of my favorite hip-hop album albums is 36 chambers by wu-tang clan yeah my god dude i mean that's a masterpiece of hip-hop yeah i think for me i mean one of the ones that i've always loved is um nirvana unplugged 
Yeah, that's, that's a great choice. That's one that I do still listen to a bit. Um, and then I do listen to like Blink a lot, honestly. I think it's because of you. I still play yeah. them. But I almost never listen to music. I'm always listening to podcasts. Right. Um, either listening to Coast or Arts Coast or, you know, an, another one of my million pod. I just always have a podcast running in the background, really. Right. No, that's good. I mean, yeah, that's fine. You don't have to be a music person. Yeah. I'm not, I just feel like it's a, a bad take. No, you're fine. I mean, yeah. just listen. There are different strokes for different folks. I gave the people a couple albums. <laughs> there you go. Um, another one. What are some of your favorite podcasts to listen to? Oh, what a good question to ask. Do you want to just kind of like go back and forth on what we're listening to? Uh, Yeah, go for it. All right, so I mean, right now, right at this second, on my uh, my list to listen to is the Reason Roundtable, which is uh, Reason Magazine. It's a libertarian podcast. Um, my two favorite people on it are Matt Welch and Nick Gillespie. Both of them have their own podcast. Recommend Matt's other project, which she does with Michael Moynihan and um, Kamel Foster, which is the Fifth Column. Also very good. That one is more of a media criticism podcast. So if you hate how media runs, definitely give that a, a, a listen. I think they have some really interesting takes. I really don't agree with them a lot of the times, but I love listening to them. Yeah, that's a great thing about Fifth is that they, even when you don't agree with them, they are very intelligent, well thought out and articulate. So it's like you understand what they're getting at. And they're just right. they're just entertaining too. They're fun to listen right. to. Um, I mean, going off political ones, one of the only other one political ones I listen to besides Fifth Column, honestly, is Breaking Points with Crystal and Sager. So I listened to that a bit. Um, very good, and and enjoyed that one. In terms of like other things, I listen to. I am obviously a big fan of Last Podcast on the Left, which I know I mentioned before, but I I've been listening to those guys for years. I think since 2015. Um, so I've been been following them for quite a while. I would also like to say on the breaking points, I really love they've started doing, I think it's a Wednesday drop of counterpoints, which is Emily Jasinski and Ryan Grimm, mm -hmm. both incredible. I love Emily Jasinski so much. I think she is so smart. She does her own podcast, which is uh, a part of the Federalist Society. Um, it's just, I think, called the Federalist Podcast. Um, they are more conservative, right-leaning, um, but almost a little right populist, alt-right type. Um, kind of interesting to listen to sometimes. My last political one that I really want to shout out is American Prestige. Um, this is an international podcast, international politics. Um, they probably do the best international roundup on Fridays that I've heard in a very long time. Um, NPR used to do it with a program called 1A, and before that it was on point with Tom Ashbrook. Um, they, the American Prestige guys, now are the number one news roundup that I go to every Friday. I have to listen to it. The... Uh... The next one for me would be How Did This Get Made, which is more of a mainstream podcast, but it has Jason Manzoukas and Paul Shear from The League, and it's where they talk about uh, terrible movies. So they just recap awful movies, uh, and it's hilarious. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. It's so good. I got addicted to it after a friend introduced me uh, to them, and I was just like, this is the best thing ever. It's almost... I mean, it's it's basically kind of like us where we're recapping other content right. um, and just having a good time with it. Yeah. So that's that's a really enjoyable one. Love that stuff. I guess as my non-political podcasts that I really love, the first one's the Adam Friedland show, which was formerly known as Come Town. Um two used to be three really funny guys. It is incredibly crass and not politically correct. If those things are going to offend you, just don't even look at it. <laughs> just don't even look at it. But if you are really into, uh, we'll say, ethnic humor, definitely give it a listen. I mean, it's it's funny stuff. Um, 
And then the other one that I've been listening to a ton is the Always Sunny podcast. Um, if you're an Always Sunny in Philadelphia fan, what are you doing? Like, start listening to it right now. Don't even finish the rest of this episode. I'll understand. Very true. Well, last question, Chris. I think we'll wrap up on this one. Do either of you have a favorite segment throughout the history of Coast to Coast or Midnight in the Desert? The Frantic Area 51 caller, dude. That's the best phone call I've ever heard in my entire life. And that initial reaction to hearing it for the first time, I mean, I was literally apprehensive. I was literally like I was getting a little bit of a dry sweat going because it's a freaky phone call. And what a great little piece of radio history that right in the middle of this call, the satellite feed drops. I mean, it, 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 it's it, it's a made-for-TV movie. It's incredible. It's <laughs> so good. So I would say that's probably been my favorite segment that we've discussed so far. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I, I think mine is... Yeah, so for mine, I'm gonna say JC um, is is probably one of the one of my favorite segments throughout Coast because it is reoccurring. And as you're going back and listening to old Coast episodes, JC will just pop up randomly, and it's always like kind of a treat where I get excited when I hear his super annoying voice. And then I recently found out that Art Bell Tate Fault, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, put together like a six hour compilation of all of his episodes, which I totally missed. Um, and it's it's all of his call-ins, uh, oh just back to back gosh. to back. And listening to them all back to back is hilarious. Um, oh, I bet it's so funny, dude. We may have to do a little bit of a longer episode for that. I want like an hour and a half of of JC because, dude, I got reprimanded I know, I on that. Reddit. I got reprimanded on Reddit for not knowing who JC was, and they're like, "Are you even a real fan?" And I was like. I'm the guy who doesn't listen to Coast to Coast. Yeah, I was that. I felt a little bad when I saw that. If anyone is curious, Chris does not listen to Coast at all. It is me. I am the one who listens to it all the time. So uh, yell at me if you have questions. Yeah, I listened to it a little bit around 2009, 2010, because I was going back and forth between an X's at night. And uh, for whatever reason... Flipped it on Right Talk Radio at like 10 p.m. at night just to see what was going on. And Coast to Coast was going on. And they were talking about Atlantis. And I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> and so just for my 30-minute drive to an X, you know, every other night, I started listening to Coast to Coast AM all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, dro I, It's yeah. dropped. I haven't listened to it since. But it was yeah. George Norrie, 2009, 2010. But the the Art Bell stuff you're you're totally not familiar with. I don't know. No, I I, I knew nothing about Art Bell yeah. before we started this podcast. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and and for additional context, if you reach out to, on Twitter or Reddit, that is Chris. I'm the one who runs the email. Um, yeah. So that's how you can contact the both of us. And, and I guess yeah, I mean yeah. you do all the research. I am the one who edits and does like show notes and stuff like that. Um, and that's pretty much the breakdown of how we do this. I mean, it's literally just the two of us. We, yeah, we don't have help. We've just kind of been running it with the two of us doing everything between the two of us. I'm shocked it's worked this much so far. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hopefully with JC, the only problem with doing an episode on him is that he screams a lot. Well, so it's mostly just someone screaming into his phone as Art Bell makes demon sounds over his voice. Um, so we'll just, we'll see how that plays. <laughs> I'm not going to fault the man too much for yelling. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it. Uh, anything else that you're hoping to share today, Chris, on our uh, Q&A tell-all? On a scale from one to 10, Paul, what do you think our uh, question and answer podcast was? No idea. What do you give it? <laughs> like a two and a half. Two and a half. Suck. <laughs> uh yeah send in your ratings of our q a episode um but yeah hopefully i guess we do one of five right so maybe it's a one it's a one well yeah. uh, here's the thing they were sent in questions so that's something yeah, yeah. 
So thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Thank you for telling your friends about us. I mean, literally, we we couldn't do this without any of you listeners. I mean, that's just the long and tall of it. So thank you for reaching out to us. Thank you for listening every week. Um, we really appreciate you. And dude, just reach out to us. Just say hello. Like we love it. We love talking to y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, it it it's something that I look forward to every single time. I feel like I'm in the 1950s and I got like a piece of mail from the mailman. I'm just this is incredible. I can't. I I have never reached out to a podcast. And as a person who has listened to so many podcasts, I now feel terrible about myself. I'm like, I got to do a better job of reaching out to these people that I'm listening to and saying, you know, Hey, really appreciate that episode. I loved it. I was laughing along. I mean, it brings me so much joy when you all do that. Yeah. Chris and I constantly are screenshotting uh, everyone's emails and and messages to us because like, I think it, it, it makes us both very happy and definitely keeps us going too. Because I mean, we have been doing this entirely for free. So um, that's just kind of like the extra little boost. Right. Um, but yeah, if you do want to support us now that we have a Patreon, go check out a Patreon. That'll be in the show notes. Um, and yeah, just, just keep sending your messages out. We want to hear from you. All conspiracy <laughs> all the time. Later. <laughs>